Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is a scorcher out there this weekend and uh, it's kind of nice last night, early evening, the cloud cover came over. We had some some kind of cool cloud formations, nothing really formulated in the form of moisture or or rain or just kind of some cool clouds, a little bit of wind gusts here and there. It was kind of nice to cool off a bit and... Uh, Good to see the flames playing awesome last night. So uh, it's kind of different watching playoff hockey in, in August. So you get a little gardening, a little hockey. What gets better than that? Um, during this COVID crisis, you get to enjoy all these things that uh, Calgary has to offer, which we're pretty fortunate. We have a great city. So hopefully you are getting out and checking out our great city. Just stay away from the uh, trendy places that you see all over Instagram, find some spots and uh, make sure you clean up after yourself. If you are out and about, don't just throw it on the ground, all the masks and, and gloves. I know we get a lot of that at the store. We get a lot of, we pick up a lot of masks on the ground. So if you come out spruce, throw it in the garbage if you don't mind. <laughs> don't like picking up other people's uh, masks. It's kind of gross. So just saying, if you, uh, if you want to be a mask person, clean it up. Be, be fair to everybody because uh, it's just one of those things that it's not nice for the other person on the other end. So, And this is going to be going on for a while, so we got to uh, get our our uh, proper manners in place if we're heading into this. So if you'd like to <laughs> have a lecture from Merle, the gardening guy, eh? what does he know? All right. If you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. And if you are going out to Spruce, um, Spruce it up, the Garden Center, um, we have our main store is where you do have to wear a mask in our one tropical house. Um, all the other greenhouses are considered outdoor spaces as they're not... Um, our poly houses are the ones that are considered outdoor spaces, so you do not have to wear a mask if you do not like. But in the main store, and that you do, and the one tropical house, um, if you're outside and everywhere else, you don't have to um, wear a mask. And if you happen to forget a mask and you need to go inside, you can ask one of our teammates out there, and we will provide you with one. We have some disposable masks that we can uh, that we can give you if you. If you happen to forget your your mask at home, and uh, I hope I hope we don't get much of what went on yesterday. I seen that in the mall. Some guys wearing a mask and they they're robbing people. It is like God. We don't need that during all this right now. We just need to respect everybody and be nice. Be nice out there. Let's go to Marty. He's going to split some hostas. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Merle. I think I'm going to split some. <laughs> um, Merle, they're really big. They're kind of uh, overgrowing. And, and yep. can I split? Can we split them now, or do we have to wait? I, I, you, you, I've done it in the summer. Um, you just got to. I would wait till it's cooled off, though, okay. or get up nice and early in the morning and, and do it. And just try and get like di- like dig a big clump of dirt. Try and get as much dirt as you can attached to the root. And then just sort of find the spot and just get a nice sharp shovel or something, go right through, like split them and then just cut through the spot, but try and make sure you have as much soil there as possible. So when I'm splitting them, are you saying now, because I've heard a couple different things, dig them out completely, put them on a tarp and split them? Yeah, that's how I would do it. That's how I've done it. And that way you sort of, 
and I'd water them like the day before. Yeah. That way you have good soil moisture in there. So if you if you wanted to do it tomorrow, it's supposed to be a little bit cooler if you watered them today. And then first thing, get up nice and early tomorrow morning and, and dig them out and put, throw them on a tarp, split them on the tarp, and then yeah. put them into your new spots and then water them in nicely. And you can either use Rage Plus or 105210 or something like that. Perfect. And one other quick question. We bought a sour cherry tree from you guys about a couple months ago. Yeah. I have a plastic ring around it. How much extra water am I putting in that to get to the root ball when it's hot like this? Oh, I I like to water, like in this heat, um, you, I, I like to put the hose on it for like sort of 45 minutes on a, on a potted tree like that, just a slow trickle. Okay. Sort of every two or three days. So I'm not pour, pouring gallons of water, I'm just putting a, pour tri- a slow trickle in it. Yeah, that's the best, because that way, because it gets down deep. Sometimes you just pour it on top, it just starts heavy clay soil, yeah. a lot of the soil just goes elsewhere. So if you just do that slow trickle right by the by the trunk of the tree, it'll just soak in down to that whatever you dug down a foot or two, depending on how big a pot you bought, and uh, and that'll be perfect. Okay, right on. Appreciate it. All right, Thanks yeah, especially in this heat, because even I have a maple I planted, uh, and I and I'm like, how how is it like? Go home and I had a few crispy leaves on it, and I'm like, and I water pretty re- religiously, okay. uh, but still I threw the hose back on it, and let it just slowly soak, soak, soak right in, and it perked back up. I pulled off some of the crispy leaves, and it looks a lot better. Yeah, because I put a couple gallons in that uh, ring that I put had the other day, and it just sucked it right up. It was gone. Yeah, no, in so. this heat, it does it does that. Okay. So okay, uh, I'll put a little, little trickle on. Thanks a lot. Appreciate all right, it. thanks, Marty. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. And where are we at? We're at Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Good, good. Get some, get some sun in today. Yeah, um, it's a beautiful day for that. How can I help I know. you? I've got, uh, I'm out in High River, and uh, on three sides of my backyard fence, I've got these great lilacs that are all the way around, three different shades. Yeah. And But they're now 15, 20 feet high. Yeah. So I want to I keep them, but I want to cut them back. And I was looking, and... About six feet up, I just bought this house a couple of years ago, about six feet up, looks like where it was cut right down and all the new growth came out of these stuff yeah. at their ends. So when I, I want to cut it to about there. Do I cut above those or below those? Now the thing. Um, and that's or where it, it, it's hard on, on those to be just cut like that. Okay. Because um, that's what you'll see, because you'll see probably where they cut it a few years ago. And they have a whole bunch, and that's where it just went crazy, sort of a whole bunch of shoots from that one spot. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, it just If you do that now, you won't get any blooms next year, just so you know. Okay. Um, and how healthy is it underneath everywhere? How uh, what? Like, does it look like a really healthy hedge? Otherwise, is there much deadwood in there or just? No, it's it's pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty healthy, like the tr- uh, the... The trunk is, you know, a pretty good diameter, and, uh, yeah, there's there's not much deadwood in there. Okay. So, yeah, if I was to do it, I would go below those spots, I guess, because otherwise you end up that, or I'd go right down to the ground. Like, oh, I see. Yeah, and then just let it go fresh up, and then you can sort of train it and shape it a bit more how you like it. It's just, right. yeah, or you just treat it like a hedge. Like I know like in Sundance around the lake, they just trim it all the time. They get some blooms on the side, but they just keep trimming it like a hedge. And it, and it lives, it's fine, but you don't ever get the blooms and things like that. So. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Because it blooms on, like for it to bloom, it blooms on last year's wood. 
So all the stuff that's there now, it sets bud just when it, after it blooms, it sets yeah. bud for next year. Okay. And if I if I cut it right down, how far down do you go? I, I go as close as I can. Like Oh, really? Yeah, three or four inches. In, but you'll be amazed at how much growth you get. Like, yeah. it's 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 crazy. Like, all that energy goes into new growth. And, uh, yeah. And how, uh, how, how many years would it take to, to grow back to, like, a... Six foot, or two years? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, no, it doesn't take long. Like it's even this probably the same year. If it's that big, you, you get six feet that year almost. Like it's, yeah. it's, okay. it's, it's just. It, but again, I I only do that if it, if there's lots of deadwood and stuff oh, like I that. See. So, but if yours pretty healthy, like yeah. Either if you want to keep it, you're you're never going to get past. If you want to keep it at that height, you're just going to have to just trim it like a head. So then just go above yeah. where they did it before. Okay. Or if you're doing it for health reasons and you want to get the blooms and stuff, you're going to have to let it grow taller because oh. that's sort of the natural thing yeah. of a lilac, you know? So Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Well, good morning. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Very well, thanks. How uh, can I help you? question of the day maybe has to do with uh, soil chemistry or something. I've got a, a small vegetable garden, maybe 100 square feet. It's a raised bed. I've, I've had it a, for a number of years here. I'm up in the Hawkwood in North Calgary. Yep. Uh, grows a lot of root vegetables in there, beets, carrots, that kind of thing. i got some snow peas and, and stuff. But this year, what seems to be happening is, uh, especially the, the root veggies, the beets and the carrots, have Huge growth on top. In fact, some of the carrots seem like they're wanting to go to seed already and bolt a bit, but I'm getting virtually no root formation under underground as I start to thin and look. <coughs> have you, have you done anything to your soil? Well, I add compost to it every year. Yeah. I haven't done anything different than yeah. I normally do. That's probably a bit of it. It's depending on what type of compost. It just sounds like you have more nitrogen in there than you need more yeah. phosphate. So okay. you need more of a middle number. So even if you've, you like added uh, like zero ten ten as a fertilizer or something okay. like that, I don't normally. The only fertilizer <clears throat> I've been using is a bit of uh, you know surface application Miracle Grow stuff. I put compost from it the depends and every year in there. Yeah. Depends what the numbers are. Okay. Um. Again, if it's a high first number, you're gonna get lots of bolting on it. Fair enough. So um, I, need to, I need to look at you say zero ten ten or something. Yeah, like some you're just yeah like or fifteen thirty fifteen if you're growing root vegetables. Okay. Again, it's just when you have new soil or just get a good soil amendment. Like we have a really good mix. Um, we call it a spruce it up, green it up. Um, yeah. Soil enhancement, but it's an aged manure. And it's all mixed in, and it's gone through the right decomposing process. Yeah, I get that. <clears throat> um, it's it's hard. Like that's the thing. A lot of times we put too much, and if you're adding lots of compost in there, like you were saying, you throw in compost. Um, depending what it is, and you can just if you get too much nitrogen going, that's the bit of the problem. Oh well, yeah, the compost they say is just all my kitchen scraps and uh, every. Okay, that's oh, usually I've got fine. A couple of wheelbarrows full, and I just dump it on top of the garden and let yeah. it over winter, and then dig it in in the spring. You yeah, know? no, and they spread it out thin though throughout the like yeah. when you do put it out. Um, my mom, we used to do that all the time, and we always had great veggies. Like it was yeah. unbelievable. So, well, I have too. I've I've never had a problem with them until this year, and, and all of a sudden I'm going, "Hey, what's going on here?" <laughs> we we I'll have had some like good heat, 
but a little yeah. bit, and I would just, you might want to just get a bit more phosphate into your soil. All right. Appreciate your time. This All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And just had a text here from Pat. Um, He had the prune it up team out there yesterday. And uh, I guess they did a wonderful job. So thank you for that. And good job, guys. And I got another text here. My neighbor has a 15-foot columnar aspen that the top third is dead. Can you remove the dead stuff? Thank you. Yes, you can. And we had a lot of that last year, that cold spell in September there. Um, did a lot of the columnar aspens. I know three of them in front of our greenhouse had that as well. And we had our pruned up guys uh, prune those out, and they look great. And they're starting to grow like crazy now already. So it's uh, it's good. It's good. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines. And where we're at, we're going to go to Mount Ash. We're going to go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Hey there. Hi, how can I help you? Well, uh, my mountain ash is looking very unhealthy, uh, so maybe you can help bring it back to life. It's got lots of yellowish leaves. Yeah. Uh, Some places the leaves have turned brown and are curling up, and there's a fair number of dead branches, especially near the top of the tree. Is this an older one? Yeah, well, we've been in the house for 40 years, and okay. it, was, it was there then. Yeah, it sounds, unfortunately, like you might have a blight or some of fungus in there, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would probably recommend if give our, our printed-up guys a call. Mark can come out and just give you a free assessment um, quote on it to have a look at it. But it sounds like it might even have fire blight or a fungus of some sort. Um, unfortunately, the it, once it gets into the mountain ash, it's usually not great for them. Okay. Um, was there some pruning done recently, last few years or anything, or any broken branches or stuff like that? I've done a little bit of pruning myself. I've cut off a few dead branches. Yeah. So it depends on if the stumps were left or if they were pruned properly where it can heal. Those are one tree that I don't necessarily do a lot of pruning to because they do like to be shaded in and covered up. And and they don't like if you leave stumps, if you prune off any branches and you leave a stump of any kind like after you cut. Um, that opens them up to disease very easily for those. So they're one that you got to be really careful with on your when you're pruning them yourself as well. Okay. Uh, so would any... Uh... There's not much you can do. I would, um, like I said, I would probably get someone out to have a look at it. Or if you could text me a picture um, to the same phone number. Or like I said, you can give our pruned up guys a call and market would be happy to stop by and have a look at it. But unfortunately, when like if it gets right in it, like the whole tree like that, it's usually not great. So you might need to, if it could be a fire blight, could be a couple things. Okay. All right. All right, then. Without totally seeing it, I, 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 I just don't want to recommend giving you something and just say, hey, this will work. But uh, I would, uh, if you can send me a picture or, like I said, give Mark a shout at Print It Up and we'd be more than happy to have a look. All right, thanks. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Hi, Sylvia. 
Sylvia, your viburnum? No? I'll put you back on hold and I'll try you back in a bit. And go back up top to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Hi, good morning. How can I help you? Hi. Um, a few weeks ago, I called you and about um, killing some old uh, yeah. black grass and and bad grass because I wanted to replace it, and I did that. Yeah. Um, I, I've used the uh, Roundup, and it's gone now. Okay. Now, the next question is, the next thing, do I have to dig it up now? Do I have to dig up that old sod? Um, is the level all where you want it to be? Oh yeah, it's perfectly level. Yeah, um, yeah, you do need to, or you, if you if you could, if you I don't know if yeah, that's what I was going to ask. If you have enough room to add two or three inches on top, you could add soil on top. But yeah, you need to to dig that out now, or rototill it over really good, and then yeah. break out the stuff. Okay, and then when I put the, uh, <clears throat> I've got some extra topsoil I can put back in. Yep. Where where I've dug it out, I guess I can. When I uh, before I seed it, I should uh, let the weeds come up and then reseed it. Yeah, or how big of an area are you going to do? Uh, not very big. It's about oh, about twelve by twelve. Yeah, like it's about the size of a bedroom. Yeah, so even on that, you might even just want to just cut it out nice square and just put sod in. Like that's only twelve rolls of sod, sort of thing. Okay. At five bucks, so it, like then you're instant, and then it's fixed, and then you yeah. don't have to worry yeah. about it. And you've got sod. Yeah, we there. get fresh sod every day. Oh, great. Yep. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, that would be what I would do. Okay. Good, thanks. Awesome, bye-bye. All right, I think I got time. I'll go back and try Sylvia one more time and see if she's there. Good morning, Sylvia. Oh, good morning. Um, yes, I acquired uh, two viburnum bushes about a week ago. Yep. And they were dug out, and there was uh, no soil or anything with them, so they've kind of wilted now. I have I've had them in a tub of water, so the roots are all there. If I cut those right down, will they uh, survive? Do you think? Or? Um, it's hard to say. Like, were they dug out of the ground? Yes. Yeah. See, that's the. That's part of the problem at this time of year when you dig them out, depends how much roots they got. So you're probably best just to cut them right back, get them in the ground as soon as you can. Right. Uh, how, how how much would they cut down to the bottom? I right? would go right like right down to three or four inches. Three or four inches? Yeah. Okay. Okay, then, because there's, there's a scatter of roots with them. I just don't know if that's going to make a difference. Yeah, it, and it, it's probably, the root ball's probably fine. Just, uh... Like I said, I've had it in a tub of water, so... Yep, you're rehydrating, which is good, but you want it needs to get into the ground, and yes. uh, and then you'll be way better off. All right, then I'll give that a try. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, Sylvia. Bye-bye. Yep. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Brent. Good morning, Brent. Good morning. How can I help you? I have a tomato plant in a pot on my deck. Nice. Here, and it's a beefsteak, and I had a nice red tomato until I cut it off, and it had a hole in it, and it was all, looked like something burrowed into it. It was that mushy on the bottom? Uh, yes. It was starting to go that way, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like you have blossom and rot. And typically that 
indicates a lack of calcium in the soil. So if you're growing okay. any of the bigger tomatoes, like the beefsteaks and that, like you were saying, um, they tend to get that if they don't, if there's a lack of calcium in the soil, they'll get that blossom end rot. It's also from inconsistent watering possibly as well. Okay. Like if you let dry out in between too much. All right, all right. Yeah, down here, well, I live in Port McLeod, and down here it dries up real quick. Yeah, I know. In this heat, even, like, I know I have a 22-inch pot, and I have my tomato on my patio, and I've never had tomatoes as big as I have this year. Like, they're, like, almost five feet high and just loaded with cherry tomatoes. But I have to water it pretty much almost twice a day. (laughs) Like, it just... all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing. And a lot of the, I'm sure if there's a garden center down there, you can go to one and um, look for a fertilizer that'll have a calcium supplement in it. Okay. And right. and just start feeding your tomatoes with that. Okay, good. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. You have a good day, sir. You as well. Take care, Brent. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Always good to hear from uh, people from other parts of the beautiful province of Alberta. And actually, we get callers from Montana, BC, all over the place. But let's go to Mike, speaking of another beautiful spot in Alberta. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? Good, good. You're calling from the beautiful town or city of Drumheller. Yeah, I'm just outside on an acreage kind of south and a little bit east and uh, near Dallam, actually. But uh, Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, we've had a great year here, Lots of uh, a lot of heat. You know, it seems to be in Drumheller. We're four degrees colder in the winter and four degrees warmer in the summer, and that's typical of right now. We've got some really nice water yeah. going on here. But, <laughs> but my problem, Earl, is I've got a strawberry patch, and, uh, you know, I lo- located the old garden when I uh, had purchased my place there, and I rototilled it up last yeah. year, and it's really nice soil, and... And uh, and I planted. I got a bunch of strawberry plants from a fellow in town there that was uh, uh, tilling up an old yard. So I got them and planted in last year. And and it looked like the crabgrass had kind of grown in last year and kind of strangled all the roots. So yeah. this year I I dug up the strawberries and I uh, detangled them from the crabgrass and I regrowed or tilled it and, yeah. and uh, threw in some straw in there and and uh, and then I uh, put about six inches of. Uh, well, I, I put the strawberries about every 12, 18 inches apart, and uh, and then I put about six inches of straw over top just to keep the moisture in the ground. Yeah. That's really seemed to help. But I'm not really getting any strawberries. I'm getting a lot of runners. Like, the, the plants look just gorgeous. They're big and green and healthy, and uh, and uh, but I'm not getting any berry production, just runners. Now, I'm wondering if they're re- uh, trying to rejuvenate for the next year. Yeah, a or? little bit, but also you just, there uh, probably a little bit of nitrogen in that soil. So again, so sending out lots of growth out top. Um, so right. just ensure that you're doing the moisture. Like, how are you watering? Uh, I've got uh, rain barrels uh, that I've collected uh, from rainwater from my gutter, and I just go down, I plant them, I I uh, water them with uh, water jugs, and I you okay. know, and I plant them. And what I've done with my runners is I've uh, had a little chunk of eavesdrop about uh, eight feet long, and I drilled some drainage holes in the bottom and filled it up with dirt. Now yeah. I've got the runners off, and I planted them in this so I can yeah. take these little runners and replant them again. And yeah. and and that's my second part now. My question part two is. I would like to make a high bed for them, but I'm I'm hearing that the frost uh, comes in from both ways and will kill them. Yeah, in 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 Calgary, like actually in Edmonton, they have a little better 
Um, it's just where you are and we are, we get the nice Chinooks over the wintertime. And in that thawing, and when you have small containers of soil, it just, it'll desiccate. But like in Edmonton, you can, they can grow stuff in containers a lot easier because it stays frozen there. They don't get the Chinooks like we do. Oh, okay. And that's um, a big thing, and I'm sh- I'm pretty sure, Drumheller, you guys are getting the Chinooks there, too, I'm assuming? Uh, we get some, yeah. We can get just the tail end, but, uh, yeah, we get some uh, pretty cold weather here, too. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, and it's not really the cold that kills them, and that's what a lot of people think, even with our trees and shrubs. It's right. the it's the, those super nice plus 20 days that we get during Christmas, which always seems to happen. It goes from minus 20 to plus 20, and the soil just dries out and just desiccates, and then the air, and then what's in a container, the sun just, our sun is so warm, it heats those pots up and just takes out all the soil, right? Or all the moisture, sorry. Okay, okay. So, if you have a larger trough, you can do it. Like, if you build, like, 18 by 18 window boxes or something like that, you can probably, yeah. strawberries will be fine in that. Um, okay. But, so, and that's another thing. If you're starting to get runners, just cut them off right away on your other okay. strawberry plants, and that will force it in. And then just use a fertilizer with a high middle number, like even 0, 10, 10, or 10, 52, 10, something like that. You just want to build okay. the phosphates up, and that will produce flowers and fruit. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So you, you're saying I'm better off than to, uh, like, if I make a high bed uh, uh, 30 inches high and, you know, a few feet wide or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially so if you're doing off. small, like, if you're doing, like, hens and chicks or strawberries, stuff like that, they'll do fine in that. And then just cover them in the wintertime, like, just cover them with straw or some sort of mulch, water yeah. them in okay. really good, and then this, that will help keep them frozen. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Merle. I really enjoy your show. I guess telling the gentleman there I was talking to before, you got the best show on the, on the radio. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, have a good day. You too. Take care, bud. Bye-bye. Well, that's very nice of him. And we're just going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I got a text here. I need to keep this planter looking good for a wedding August 21st. I've been watering every day with about 5 to 10 mils of fertilizer in a 3-gallon can and deadheading deep into the petunia. But one section of the petunia is suffering. Uh, You can cut that back a bit, cut about a third off, and you still have three weeks here. Um, It'll push back out and and regrow and should be totally fine by then. But looks good. Just keep deadheading. Fertilize like you've been doing. But I would use like 15, 30, 15 and just ensure the deadheading and anything that gets a little wonky on you, just cut it back. But it looks quite nice and you you should be fine for the 21st. It looks like you're going, but I would definitely... um, just use the fertilizer, and you don't need to fertilize every time, but every second time, 15, 30, 15, and, uh, and make sure you're doing the deep watering water all the way through, and let it dry out a little bit in between. Like, don't just keep it real wet, um, so just be careful of that, but in this heat, it's hard to do that, so you should be fine. And here I got, uh, I have another text. I think I have a fungal problem in my garden. My rhubarb and potatoes are turning yellow and dying. It is in a raised garden bed. What should I do? Um, We do do soil testing. Um, It sounds to me in a raised bed going yellow and the potatoes going, I'm thinking it it got dry in this heat. 
a raised bed. So I'd maybe look at maybe doing some slow, deep watering on there, throw the sprinkle on there. And uh, I'm that would be my first guess, like to see rhubarb go. And usually that uh, indicates to me that it's typically a, uh, a water issue. So... And what else do I got? Actually, I'm just going to go to the phone lines first of all. I'm going to go to John with the Nanking Cherry. Good morning, John. Good morning, Mel. How can I help you? Well, I've got an older Nanking that's about seven feet tall and about the same in width. And I was wondering if it had very few berries on it this year. And I thought I'd wonder if I can trim it back or... Yeah, is it? Um, is there lots of deadwood in it, or is it? Yeah, fully... there is some, and uh, it's quite bushy. And I thought, well, I just okay. cut it right down to the ground. Just like that's this. what I did with my lilacs, and they're coming back beautifully. Yep, same thing with those. Um, just cut them right down to the ground, and uh, and you might get some next year, but probably not. But then the following year, you'll you'll be nice and healthy. Okay, about six inches. Yep. Yeah, four to six inches, um, nice clean cuts. Remove yeah, any of the deadwood. Small chainsaw that'll perfect. This work right. Yeah. Thanks again. All right. Thank Bye you. Bye bye. All right. If anybody like to join me? The phone lines. I have a few spots open. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero, and. Uh, I just want to say a couple of good things too. Like lots of great people coming in the garden center, um, and uh, that are being just the social distancing has been great. Everyone's coming out and enjoying the space, and uh, and and being great with our staff, and our hopefully our staff are being great with you guys. And because it is tough, everybody's on edge a little bit here and there. But it's kind of nice. A lot of people just appreciate coming to the garden center because they feel like they're. They get away from some of the the other stuff that yeah you have to deal with when it's in your face all the time. So I appreciate everybody coming out and uh, and supporting us obviously and uh, and uh, and and uh, keep coming out and enjoy. Even if you just need to walk around, it's a it's a nice little walk through the tree lot. It's a pretty enjoyable stuff. I'm going to go to Brian. This one sounds interesting. Good morning, Brian. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. Hi, Brian. Defensive hedge, it says. <laughs> yeah. as, as you know, Billy Acres, we got some critters out here. Oh, yes. So I've got that chicken run. It's been a while since you were out here. Yeah. But I got about 35 feet. So what we did when we built it is I, I put the chicken wire into the ground. Yeah. I put plates on the bottom, and then I just put uh, straw bales against it. Yep. But because, you know, this weather's pretty hot, obviously, again this year, and it comes every other year, I'm thinking of something really thorny. That would be six to eight feet high, uh, but fast growing, um, so that I can protect them. Yeah, there's a couple of varieties of barberry that will go up fairly high like that. Um, yeah. Some of the Ragosa roses as well, like the Hansa roses and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, um, but the barberries are pretty good, and they're they're they have some pretty nasty. Uh, barbs on them <laughs> yeah no fair enough and how wide do they get because I'm, I'm looking for about probably three feet yeah that's exactly what the they back. are three to four feet okay now my other problem is, is that that ground hasn't been turned over since jesus was a cowboy yep is that going to be an issue if i just nope. kill it and uh, plant I, I would even just auger holes like just lay it out just auger a hole every whatever you're going to go every three feet or something yeah. Um, just get an auger in that when you auger it, go but one or two sizes bigger than the pot size. So if you're going like a five gallon, if you're using a 12 or 18 inch auger, yeah. um, that it'll grind that soil up perfect for it. 
and create that nice little hole for it, you're you're great. Okay, what have you got out at the uh, at the shop? Yeah, we have quite we have quite a bit right now. So we have quite a few barberries, and that's the thing you have to find. A, and I'm just trying to remember what ones get taller. Um, but I know we have a fair good selection, and we well, get four. I mean, four feet would be safe, right? I was just going a little higher, just yeah. shaving stuff, right? So, yeah. Um, and if you, that retaining wall on the and, one and, side, the, right? and the the barbs are just to keep other critters from going in there, or yeah, you betcha. Like, I mean, we got you know dogs and out here. Well, no, the dogs don't bug them too much um, because it is enclosed. But the foxes. You know, we get raccoons. You know, we've had the odd links out this neighborhood too, right? So, oh, nice. It's something that uh, you know doesn't want to hurt themselves as they're trying to go and eat uh, eat chicken for breakfast, right? So. Yeah, and there's some of the gooseberries and things like that too. I know we've used that with a couple um, Ducks Unlimited projects. There's some of the the berries that we've used um, that have quite thorny stuff. So, okay, and then uh, I'm that guy. I'm going to ask you one more real quick. Okay, Do you remember we did the quick fires in front of the house? Yeah. Yeah, well, God bless the horses, so I need to come up with something different. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about a head job front, too. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, out of the eight that we got, I think I've got three that might have a shot at life. <laughs> oh, okay. The horses like them, eh? Yeah, they do, yeah. And, of course, I buried them into the ground, right, with irrigation wrapped around them. So. Yeah. That'll be, I'm going to have to dig this out regardless. So what, what might you have an idea on that? Well, I think no matter what, horses, love, if they have access to it, that's going to be a challenge to begin with. And you might yeah. want to try the Bobex sprayed on there. Um, yeah. And because the hydrangeas will come back up from the bottom again, even though they've been chewed right down. Yeah. Um, so you might just want to work on the preventative thing and then um, work on the plants. Because the Bobex, it's just a herb-based stuff that tastes really bad. Right. And uh, and once the horses, they're pretty smart. They'll do it three or four times, and they'll say, "Hey, those hydrangeas taste pretty cruddy. I'm not going to eat them anymore." Well, no, fair enough. If I can just get uh, Reva Las Vegas to stop letting them out, would be great. Yeah, there you go, and just grab a thing of Bob X, <laughs> give them a spray, and give that a shot. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll see you out at the ranch here shortly. We'll talk about those other trees you sent last week. So. Sounds good. Thanks, again. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. All right. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And <laughs> um, sorry about that. I'm going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Hi there. Hey, how can I help you? Yeah, um, I've got a golden spice pear tree that we gave a good haircut to last year, and it came back, flourished, but the new growth on top is turning yellow. So I'm just wondering if it's too much water, not enough water. Like, Is it like a pale yellow or kind of a brownie yellow? Pale yellow. Okay. Um, was there lots of new growth? Like, was it a fairly heavy cut haircut, and then it's... Yeah, lots of growth, but mostly on top is where it's turning yellow. Yeah. The new shoots. Yeah, so that just indicates probably just a little bit lack of, like, nitrogen and stuff like that. So I would just, just you're getting a little bit late to feed it. You could probably still give it one more, um, even like a 15, 30, 15 or something like that, and then that'll also help with the phosphates for next year. You could add some iron chelates if it looks like it's veiny sort of thing. Like if you sort of see the veins in the leaf, and oh, it's oh, just like a pale yellow. So yeah, and just um, how old is it? Got to be ten. Okay, and again, just 
I mean, ensuring that it's getting, because it's using lots of new growth there, so just ensure it's getting enough water to fulfill all that new foliage as well. Right. Okay, really good. Thanks all right. Help. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I get quite a few texts. And I got here, suckers on my sour tree close to the trunk. Um, what is the best way to take one for replanting in another? Depending on which ones they are, some of them are grafted onto a hardy rootstock, um, and they can't really do that. If you just want to take cuttings, you can try. I'd get a number two or number three rooting hormone, take a cut, and just uh, make sure there's a few or two or three of the leaf nodes on there and pull the leaves off, dip it in the, in the, in the rooting hormone, put it into some soil, get it rooted up and should take two or three weeks. And maybe by fall, you might be able to plant them into the ground if you want to try it that way. And it should work for you. And <laughs> good morning. How do I get rid of wild geranium weed? It is taking over my yard. It, that is one that it was a popular perennial a few years ago. And, uh, and then we all discovered it's very, very um, invasive. So um, you can just dig it out all over, or you could go around with a, like a six-inch pipe and spray Roundup over top of each one and just cover it, put the geranium underneath it, spray the Roundup down, and that way you're not spraying anything else. And when they die, you can just dig them out that way is one way. <clears throat> and that's probably, if you if you got lots, it's probably the best way to do it. And uh, and give that a try. Ugh, and got here. This beefsteak tomato has been growing on my deck. Was doing very well. I've fertilized it, given calcium since the heat. I have watered at least twice a day, and it is withered and brought inside to take off some of the lower branches. What have I done? Uh, to me, it looks like it's just got dry. Like make sure you just when you if you'd water, water, water all the way through so the water goes out the bottom of the pot. It just to me, it looks fine. It just looks like it got dry. So I would just ensure that the water is going all the way through to the bottom, and uh, and coming out there, and you should be okay. It, it should perk back up. It uh, it's one of those things that just uh, in this heat. Um, you need to fill the pot right up to the top, let the water go out the bottom, and uh, and give that a try. I'm, where am I at for time? I can probably, actually, probably not. I'm just going to read a couple more texts, and then I'll do the phone lines after after the news. Good morning. I have a large, I have an acorn squash plant, very large pot. It is doing well. Lots of blooms, small squash coming, fertilizing often with SIU 153015, half strength. Should I change the fertilizer? No, um, that's perfect fertilizer. It sounds like everything's working out quite well for you. Um, with the squashes or anything, if you start seeing the leaves going yellow a bit, just cut those off because that's just a natural thing that a lot of the squashes and, and zucchinis they'll do. They'll, they'll start getting rid of some of their older foliage and just ensuring that you're going to get lots of water going into, the, into a lot of this heat again this week and, uh, and give that a try. Okay. Huh, what do I got here? I, I, I'm, what does it say? Sorry. I got this message, so I'm sending it to you again. I have some questions regarding lily beetles. Yeah, lily beetles, and she doesn't want to use insecticide, and I totally agree on on that, but, but lily beetles are tough. If you don't want to use any insecticide, Ambush is the one product that is proven to work, and it's a 
permethrin, so it's made from a pl- flower. So that would be one I would use for your for your red lily beetle is uh, ambush. And I need to ambush out of here and take some breaks for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Hi there. I have a nine bark I put in last year. I think it's a, I don't know if I'm saying this right, Diablo or Diablo? Yeah, Diablo nine bark, yep. Yes, and it, it's done really, really well. However, some of the new leaves coming out at the tips are bright green. Yep. Should I be pruning those off? Um. Yeah, bright green. So it's reverting back. Yeah, um, that's what I wondered. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, usually they stay pretty purple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can. They they love being, like, actually, I, I really like using those as a hedge as well. So if anybody's looking for a good hedge replacement for the ketoniasters and things like that, um, nine barks like being pruned. So if you want to definitely, you can just, just, just cut it right off the top and you'll be good. Has it done blooming yet? It's finished blooming, yeah. Yeah. They're they so good. I know I planted three, not Diablos, but I think Amber Jubilee, I think is what I planted. And they're just so nice. You plant them, and the next year they just give you so much right away. Like, they're just such good good shrubs. So They're beautiful. I've got um, two other types in the front garden, too. And, and this one, I just noticed this morning that some of the leaves are... Yeah, so just, you can just cut those. Yeah, and they don't mind being shaped up. Like you can trim yeah. them and shape them, and uh, and they'll thicken right up for you. So just uh, don't hesitate with those. Thanks so much. You're Bye welcome. Now. Thanks, Sheila. Bye bye. All right, let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Uh, good morning. Hey, uh, how can I help you? Good thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Of course. I, I have a couple of humongous spruce trees. They're pine. I think they're spruce. Yeah. And not blue spruce, so but. Um, they drop a lot of needles, so I, we take them, pick, you know, scrape them off, and I'm not sure if that's one of the causes. Like, if you look throughout the tree, you'll see at the ends, maybe two feet, like, sporadically, there's no uh, needles at all. At all. Right on the ends of the branches? Yeah. yeah. And also, I have a wrought iron fence under that I haven't put up yet, but I don't know if that means there's too much iron or I'm taking too many needles away or... Um. Something like that? Or? Yeah, well, they do, like, the needles is a natural shedding process, especially a big spruce tree. What they're trying to do is recreate the forest floor as well, right? Right. Um, okay. So all those needles are down there, too, and it helps protect the from bugs crawling up there, too. It sort of creates that really uncomfortable environment uh-huh. for, for some of those bugs to crawl up yeah. into them. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of times I don't try to battle that. So what you might just need is a really good, like spruce tree, especially ones like that need a good spruce cleanup. So what it is, is a company like ours, the pruned up guys, they go up through the center of the tree and they just clean out all the dead wood. And, and it's amazing. Like we have so many before and after pictures of what they look like. Like, So that you sound like you might be a candidate for, for that. It needs this a really good cleaning up. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it could have spruce budworm too. If you're missing the needles on the end, um, yeah, to check for a little cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we had had someone come in, not you guys, but sprayed some years back. And actually, I get never do it first thing in the morning because they couldn't get to the top. But um, from that point on, I don't know if it was just you know too hot or whatever. But I've lost maybe three or four fifty footers. So 
Wow. Like, I don't know if there's another way. Yeah, it is really sad. So yeah, all- so depending on what they're spraying, too, like, and that's sometimes the problem. That if they spray it, it's too hot. You can fry stuff. You can... Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. Uh, on some of those bigger trees, I wouldn't even really recommend trying to spray it. We do, we do an injection. Oh, right, okay, yeah. So it goes better. more like uh, intravenous. Okay, yeah, sort of like what you're doing for Dutch Elm in certain locations. Yeah, Dutch Elm and Birchleaf Minor, things like that. But okay. it sounds like that just needs a really good cleaning. And if you can yeah. leave underneath more natural, like just put bark mulch underneath your spruce trees and let the needles fall in there. Oh, okay. okay. Um, that would be the best thing. So would that be a time of better time of year to do this or um, any time like now through fall is great. Like okay. in the fall is a great time for it. Like yeah. September, October, it's a little cooler and the guys are up in the tree. So, okay. But um, yeah, if you want to give Mark a shout down there and he'd be more than happy to, he gives okay. you a free quotes. So. That'd be great. Oh, thank you. Could I ask one more question? Of course. If you have time. Yep. Um, you're talking about the mountain ash and I know uh, I've got some problems on two smaller, maybe about 10 eight footers. Um, but also, I'm wondering if it could jump off to another leaf uh, tree, like it's Ohio Buckeye. So um, could that be just another issue? Like maybe or nutrients or nutrition or something, or you know, uh, with the hail, I wasn't quite sure if that's part of it. Or yeah, it shouldn't be like those two trees um, with your mountain ash. Um, yeah, uh, it's hard to see. Are you able to text me a picture? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, if you just have the same phone number, if you don't mind. Okay, yeah, is that today, or do you... Yeah, well, uh, yeah I got lots here, but I should be able to get through it. Okay, If you sure. text me a picture, I'll have a look at it, and I'll reply to that. Do you want one of the Mountain Ash, as well as uh, the Ohio Buckeye? Yeah, sure. Okay, good. Absolutely. Okay. Great, thanks so much. Okay. All right, thanks, Jim. Okay, Bye-bye. Goodbye. All right, and if you'd like to join me, I have a few spots open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, where are we at for time? we got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to Bonnie. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? I have a bleeding heart, and, and it's quite old. Okay. And it's the leaves are curling on the top. Yeah. Just the very top of them, and underneath is quite gray, but there's no bug. I couldn't see any bug on them. And, and they, go ahead. They've already bloomed and everything? Yes, they yeah. have. Yeah. See, and I, I think what it is, it's just this heat, and when they're done blooming, uh, bleeding hearts are one that really, a lot of them don't hold their, their beauty, I guess, is what I'd say, especially uh-huh. in this heat. Um, they tend to shut down in the heat. So I, I think it's pretty normal. What I would do is feed them, feed it with a fifteen thirty fifteen, so it builds up the phosphate for next year. Okay. And uh, and then you'd be good to go. Okay, fifteen thirty fifteen. Yeah, and and you can just cut off any of the bad foliage and stuff. But that that's typical, like those peonies, lupins, things like that. When they they bloom once, they do their thing, and then they kind of just die back, right? Okay. All right. Great. Well, appreciate you. Thank okay. you so very much. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a, a interesting picture of a raspberry. So, hello, enjoy the show. Notice a few ripened raspberry have a white patch and are breaking due to the amount of raspberry. So unripe berries are dying up. The canes are planted south side of the house. I would just say if they're drying up and stuff, and if it's on the south side, I'd really ensure that it's getting enough water because when the raspberries are in their 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 
their top form um, when they're leafed right out. There's a lot of foliage on there, and especially when they're doing fruit. So I would just get a soaker hose down there and just really make sure you're, you're just soaking them, giving them a really good uh, moisture down there, and then ensure you're feeding them with 15, 30, 15. But that would be what I would think that is. It's just um, just on that heat and just sort of more almost like a sunburn type thing and just ensure they're getting lots and lots of water. All right? And we got a bit of time. I might take one more here. What do I got going here? Spruce it up, um, planted and these trees, and they're doing good. But caterpillars, reef rollers, what can I do? Yeah, unfortunately, um, leaf rollers are going after our aspens this year, and it's sort of a... They go in cycles every couple of years. They sort of travel throughout the city and they hit different parts. And uh, there's not a lot you can do unless you spray. Just um, pick off which ones you can. Ensure that you're watering them lots. Um, use Rage Plus. But other than that, there's not a lot I would worry about. It's it's more of an aesthetics thing, unfortunately. And uh, the caterpillars are in there. So once they're in, it's really hard to spray to get the the pesticide on them. So unfortunately, it's just aesthetics. Early spring, when they first leaf out, um, sort of 1st of July, sort of when they start, you can give them a spray. And I would just use like an ambush or pure spray green would be great. But right now, it's really tough. You just have to just ensure you're watering them great and uh, and fertilizing for next year, and you should be good to go. I'll take one more call, and then we should be good to go to take a break. We're going to go to Andrea. Andrea. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning. How can I help you? We need to shingle our garage, and we've got a big apple tree with a big branch on it. And yeah. do we just cut it right back without sealing it, or do we have to seal the cut or... Um, you don't have to seal it as long as it's pruned properly. Like our pruning guys don't have any sealant with them. Um, the only type they have is if there's tearing of branches or of trunks and stuff like that where they need to replace the bark. We use a product called uh, lac balsam. But if it if it if you're trimming it properly, no, you don't have to uh, um, cover it up. So you just don't, and that's the hard part. So I would probably if it's a big tree. And it's on the house. I, I would maybe recommend um, calling somebody like our Pruned Up crew to come out and have a look at it. Um, or just if you're cutting big branches, you take little sections at a time. Don't try and cut the whole thing at once. Otherwise, it'll tear on you. Okay. Like we're in Medicine Hat. So. Okay. Yeah. If there's an arborist down there, I'm sure um, give somebody a shout and maybe just see if they can come out and, and, and look at it for you. Okay. Um, but if you are taking it yourself, just follow it back to the main trunk probably is what I would do. And you have to take it in sections, like take it in two or three foot sections at a time. Cause if you try and take the whole thing, it'll just tear once you get, get all that pressure on it at the end of, by the trunk and, okay. and it'll tear the bark and that's where you end up with problems. Problem. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Another way of doing it, if they're able to tie a rope around it, but if you want it, if it's right on the roof, you should probably get it off anyways. But sometimes if shrubs and that are close to the house when people are siding or doing different things, if you can tie a rope and you just pull it back for a couple of days and put a stake and that'll hold it off and then let them do their thing and then let it go back out. But if it's on the roof, you should probably deal with that. Yeah, it has to be off. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Dallas. Good morning, Dallas. Morning. 
morning. How you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Hey, uh, yeah, I got some Nanking Cherry. Yeah. And they're, I just love them. Um, but I, they're getting so tall, and they think they just need to be packed down to rejuvenate them. Yeah. And I'm curious what the time I should do that, and can I replant the ones that I packed down? No. Um, I guess you could try and take cuttings, um, but um, and you could probably do that. Um, but I would how I would do that then is I would wait till the next spring to cut them back if you're doing a whole hedge like that. And I would do it sort of like early April, cut them right down to the ground. And when we you'll, and you'll get a big flush of new growth. And that's the stuff I would use for my cuttings because because oh, okay. that's nice and soft. Oh yeah, and yeah. those will root a lot quicker. So you, when you get about six eight inches long, and you kind of want to trim that hedge anyways. Like you'll probably when it gets about a foot high, you probably want to cut it off anyways a bit because that'll help thicken up when you start shaping it when it's smaller, just so it doesn't go crazy on you. Oh yeah, they're about uh, probably eight. Yeah, yeah. No, and if there's a lot of is there a lot of deadwood and stuff in there, or is it? Yeah. Half and half right now. Yeah, so it's it's time to rejuvenate it. So you're on the right track, but I would wait till early early spring, get out there, do that, and when the new growth comes up, like I said, to that uh, eight to twelve inches, I would take cuttings from there, and uh, and put them into you can get those soil, you can get those plug trays that have thirty six holes in them or something like that, and then yeah. uh, and when you're on that one, you can use a number one rooting hormone because it'll be soft tissue on the new growth. So. All righty. There you All go. Right, love your show. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And... Uh, all the crews out there next week uh, ensure everyone stays hydrated out there and uh, all the other landscaping and roofers and lots of those guys uh, working hard right now out there in the elements and uh, stay hydrated. It's uh, it's hard out there if you're, if you're working in the sun. It's tough on you. Let's go to Tammy. Good morning, Tammy. Oh, good morning. How can I help you? Well, I have uh, Swedish aspens in my backyard. Yes. And normally they're really, their leaves are really rich and green and beautiful. Yeah. And this year we had one of them that got no leaves. Like it looks like it's dead. Yeah. Although I did. And that, it was fairly common on the Swedish colander aspens. It's the top half sort of there, or top third or something. Well, there's no leaves on the entire tree, but I did peel back some bark, and it's still green. Yeah, it. what happened is last September there we had that uh, when it went down to minus 15 to 20, and some depends on what part of the city you're in. Right. And it sort of freeze-dried, so it crushed all the tissues in a lot of the columnar aspens and amur cherries and a couple other things. It's uh, It was hard on them, so... Um, chances are you can try and use Rage Plus. It, it helps push tissue back into their tissue life. But uh, honestly, we pruned ours right back. Unfortunately, it just uh, they weren't they weren't going to come. So yeah, and we um, we also have some 
some have green leaves and some have yellow leaves with green veins in them. Yeah, they're becoming chlorotic, so they, they need some good fertilizer. Um, so you can do that, the deep root fertilizer with, with our printed up crew. They, they do a lot of that. Um, or you can use some iron chelates in there. As your trees get bigger, they're fairly heavy feeders too. So they, and then when they're doing that, they're they're they've ran out of nutrients in the ground at that spot. Okay, so maybe just uh, come in to spruce it up yep. then and get uh, some fertilizer. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, thank okay. you, Tammy. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, where are we at? Got a bit of time. We're gonna go to Mar- Margaret or Margot. It's Margot. Okay, hi Margot. Hi. I I have a box for my tomatoes up by the fence. It's south-facing. I built it last year and filled it with really good things, and the tomatoes were amazing. But So this year, my old squash seeds didn't take, so I put in some started red cabbage in front. Yeah. And they're massive. So do I tie them up? Do I bring the leaves around and t- do I have to – what do I do? Um, are they kind of falling over on you or just because they're getting larger? They're just large. They're probably... <laughs> yeah, yeah, staking them up. Yeah, if they get like that, absolutely. You can uh, um, definitely do that. Um, tie them up, stake them up. That all helps for sure. Okay. And just when they get bigger to this, ensure that you keep the water consistent watering with those. Yeah, um, so it sounds like you're doing everything right. So, yep, just you'll probably have to give them a little bit of support. Okay, and so my marigolds that I thought were for keeping bugs away, the, the slugs just stripped them. Is that common? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's certain bugs. Yeah, marigolds are great for getting rid of aphids and a couple other things, but thrips, uh, slugs, and a couple other bugs love marigolds. <laughs> it's sort of, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, one All of right. those ones, right? Um, yeah. So if you get slugs, um, this that slug bait works great. So and watch that with the cabbage too. They the slugs mm-hmm. seem to love the cabbage. So, so I have to tell you something very two funny, really funny things. The okay. neighbors were admiring the fawn in their backyard. Yeah. Yesterday, and it was just there for quite a while. It ate all the beet tops. Oh. <laughs> so and the second thing is, I was admiring my buzzing bees in the front yard, and they yeah. were really buzzing the other day. And I realized they were buzzing over my head. They've moved into my attic. Ah. Uh. See, so, you're you're creating this uh, this this natural environment for everybody. They all want to come live with you. Lots hey? of bees, lots of bees. But, Is it so bees or wasps? Yeah. The are they bees? bees? They're, they're honeybees. Yeah. So, and what you can do is, I would just contact one of the one of the bee producers around. Yeah. And uh, they'll come and uh, and they'll get rid of it for you, and they'll they'll bring a hive container uh, catchment system, and they'll they'll gather them up and uh, and get rid of them. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, which is probably the sure. best thing to do is just so you don't have them by your house. So, well, I have tons of flowers, and they're really happy. So I like the bees. Yeah, they're not a problem, but I don't really want a huge beehive in my attic. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So eh, unless you get some honey dripping off there, you can set a jar underneath there, and <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, thanks, Mario. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go up to Sandra. She's an elm tree. Good morning. Hi there. Uh, 
Good morning. I have two questions. Um, I'm in a new area in the northwest, Carrington, and I have an elm tree that's about two years old, uh, about 15 feet high, that I think is infected with um, leaf miner, as is my neighbor's. Okay. And um, I'm wondering what the treatment is. Um, is What is it doing? What is it doing? The leaves are curling, and it looks like there's a larva. Yeah, so what it is, that's aphids on there. Um, I don't think it's aphids. Black, if they cluster up at the ends, and it looks... No, it's red. It's reddish. Yep. No, that's aphids. The red, there's different, few different kinds of aphids. Like there's a red and a black aphid. Um, Uh, The the miners, I don't usually do that if it's right on the tips. It's not on the tips. It's on, it's on the sides of the leaves, um, on the tip a little bit, um, in the middle of the leaf. Yeah. Um, I, I I haven't seen leaf miner on them a whole lot. Um, my, Typically, this time of year, they get infested with aphids, is typically what I would think. Is there a way you could send me a quick picture? Uh, yeah. You could text it to the same picture, same number? I honestly don't think it's aphids. Okay, because a minor would be, yeah. No, and that's what it is. It sort of curls them up, and it's, yeah, that's aphids. Yeah, it sucks. Like, it just creates a big clump on on the leaf. Okay. Now, I phoned a few arborists. Um, all I got was uh, answering machines. Nobody's really phoned me back. Yeah. And um, uh, do you treat this um, tree systemically with an insecticide? You can. Yeah, you can do that. But you have to be careful with elms um, that they're not using anything that um, is used on birch or things like that. The, the elms are a little bit trickier with the. But it sounds like you probably even if you if it's that high, if you can just get out. Your, your garden hose with a uni nozzle and just give it a really good spray like every couple of days and oh. just knock them out of there. Like just get the uni nozzle out and just give them a really good spray. Um, that would be very beneficial. Or we have a hose end sprayer that you could just put pure spray green in and spray them every four to five days for a couple of weeks in a row. Because it's been raining very heavily up here yep, uh, but from they time s- to time and I thought that yeah, so it just get washed off. Yeah, not enough though. You just need to help that out. Get out your hose and just hose them off. Okay, I'll try that and yeah. perhaps send you a picture. Yeah. Now, does your um, uh, you people don't come out and yeah, assess we do. the tree? Yeah, we do. And I just phoned spruce it up yeah. gardening. Yeah, or if okay. you go on our website, there's a tab there on the prune it up. We have a little questionnaire you can just fill out, and Mark will get right back to you. Okay, now I have one other question. I've got two hanging baskets. Um, the leaves and the flowers are tacky. Yeah. And is that aphids? Yep, typically if they're sticky like that. Yeah. And just spray it or throw it out? Um, so you can spray it again. You might want to get some pure spray green for your tree and for those. Um, the thing with aphids, you need to spray every five days for two or three weeks in a row. Okay. So okay. like three times. Um, and same thing, you can just lay your hanging basket out, get the uni nozzle, give it a good spray with the with the water as well. Okay. I'll All do right. That. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're at, let's go to Jean. Good morning, Jean. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? I'm calling about um, fertil- uh, like fertilizing. Mm-hmm. And um, I have three questions. What to do for raspberries? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, last week I called and you told me to use 153015 on my hydrangeas. Yep, you can use the same on your raspberries, actually. Okay, but for how long do I do that? Like- well, the raspberries, um, you're going to be past the point. Right now you're building it up for next year. So if you give them a shot like now and then one more time, would be great. Because um, they're, they're not going to produce a ton past this time anyways. Like They've already done their fruiting. So what they're doing is building up the phosphates for next year. Okay. And 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 with the um, hydrangeas, how long do I do I keep doing this until they bloom? Um, it, it, was it a Annabelle hydrangea? No, it's the. Um, and they haven't bloomed yet. They haven't bloomed yet. They don't bloom till the fall. Okay, are they probably not in? A, are they in full sun or a bit of shade? Some shades. It's partial. Yeah. See, that's I have the same ones. I have the limelight on the east side of my house. The ones I have in the backyard are full bloom right now. Mm-hmm. But the ones on the on the other side that are shady a bit, they I wish I had Annabelle's because they'd be blooming already. Uh-huh. But same thing, yours are in the, a bit of the wrong spot. A lot of those hydrangeas love the full sun. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so you're gonna you'll get the blooms at uh, late August into September. Same as me. Mm-hmm. So I would just fertilize now. Don't, and that's probably enough. Like if you've given them one more shot here, I would just stop fertilizing them, and then it's more of a light thing with those to get them to 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 bloom more. It's just a light. Okay. So now the final question: <clears throat> with perennials that have already bloomed, yep. Um, sh- should I use Rage Plus, or should I just? Should I keep giving them? Actually, Rage Plus is great for them. It it, it adds the nourishment into the soil and gets them ready for next year. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we got a few texts that I could probably read. And what what can I do to reduce the winter kill on my raspberry patch? This winter, they died right back. And this, it was a very hard one. Um, it, it just depending on where you were, and what the moisture content was on your on your plants. And when we get those really cold Septembers, that's what does it in more than anything. It's there's and there's really nothing you can do in it and it really depends on how the temperature hit your plants and and, and on those. So it's just ensuring that we water properly, um, fertilizing fifteen thirty fifteen on your fruit and flowering bushes. Um, and really that's it. And unfortunately, if there's a bunch of deadwood, I, you need to cut it right out, get rid of it all at this time and, uh, and set it up better for, for next year is all you can do. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines again. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I got a couple texts here I'll read real quick. Um, This one's a mountain ash. Uh, My mountain ash hasn't done very well. Sparse growth, small leaves, um, have done Rage Plus, and two water bags per week. Um, that That would be about all you can do. And depends on when it was planted. Ensure that it has a nice tree well around it. And, uh, and other than that, it looks, it looks pretty healthy. Like it just, it just filling in. So it looks like it's newly planted. So just give it a bit of time. Actually, your mountain ash looks really, really, uh, actually really quite healthy in the first year or so. Um, third year is when you really see, um, things take off and, and go crazy like that. So 
Just give it a little bit more time. I'm going to go to Ava. Good morning, Ava. Yes, good morning. How can I help you? I've got in St. Paul, we've got a hedge, uh, six-foot cedars. Yeah. And now they're all dead. Well, they died back, or I don't know. They're all only just three feet on top is green. The rest is all like a swamp spruce almost. Can I cut it back down to about three feet and it'll come back for next year? No, cedars won't really do that. Um, if they're dead on the bottom, uh, unfortunately, they're probably just, they're done. They probably got freeze-dried from last year. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately. Sorry, Ava. So you just got to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. 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 All right. <laughs> Let's go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, I have two quick questions. The mm-hmm. first one is I have a planter full of ivy, an outdoor planter, and it's absolutely beautiful. I'm wondering if I would be able to bring that in and make it an indoor plant in the fall. Um, you should be able to, but just really watch the ivy. Um, they're very susceptible to spider mites and aphids when you, when they're outside. So okay. just if you're going to bring it in, um, just make, spray them a couple times with pure spray green before you bring them into the house and, okay. and then you should be fine. Okay. But that, that's my only worry sometimes bringing certain plants back into the house. Like I put my lemon tree out on the patio and they're usually pretty good. It gets spider mite, but they're easy to see. Um, the ivies are really hard to see the, especially if it's a big one with lots of foliage, it's hard to see, uh, any pests in there. And once it gets in the house, it, they just go crazy. So. Okay, and, and is it wise to maybe uh, spray them off in the bathtub when you yes. first bring them in? Absolutely, same thing. Yeah, put them in yeah. there. You can even use the pure spray green in the bathtub. Leave them for an hour or two. Let them do its thing. Rinse it off. Oh, okay, excellent. Yep. Okay, and my second um, question is: I took your advice and I added sea soil and hemp scents to my planters this year. Yep. Absolutely the most beautiful planters I've ever had. They look like they're on steroids. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> anyway, and how is the moisture? Is it holding the moisture really quite well? Oh, does it ever? Like I've used, um, you know, the, oh, what do you call them? The straw kind of yep. basket fillers. I forget what that's called. Um, anyway, and... It, it's held it the best I've ever had. Yeah. Like, they're just beautiful. So you must, uh, I'm just going to ask you, how much hemp did you use per other soil? Like, did you, like, a mix of these, just these two, like, one-third hemp or something? I'm just curious on the mix. I did about, um, no, I probably only did about 20% okay, good. of the hemp. Uh, but then of the sea soil, I used about a third. Okay. And, oh. They just turned out beautiful. But now I'm wondering, we're, we're putting in a new flower bed in a couple of weeks, um, and I'm just wondering what kind of soil mix I should get to put into, like we're digging up sod, so I'm going to be putting in lots of soil. So I'm wondering what kind we have of soil a re- mix. Yeah, we have a really good um, bulk soil that we can, if you can either pick up if you have a truck or we deliver, it's called Green It Up uh, Soil Enhancement, and it's great. You just mix that, put that right in your soil, and then turn it over, and then the last bit, you can just leave it on top, and it gives you that really nice soil look to it. Oh, 
okay. Yeah, it, it has lots of nourishment. It's it's a great soil, and then you can also, if it's in a real hot spot, you could add some of the hemp in there as well. Because that it, was going to be my next question. Can I add the sea soil and the hemp into that? Absolutely. Because um, out there with that, you won't need the sea soil as much, but I would definitely add the hemp because it's such it's so good at holding the moisture. But only do it like the max is that twenty percent. Because I've heard some people go. 50% hemp and it ends up it doesn't dry out. It's oh. harder to so you just don't want too much of a good thing. So Right. And this is actually the east side of the house. It gets sun all morning. Okay, perfect. Uh, but not the afternoon. So yeah. So yeah. yeah, that soil enhancement stuff you'll love it. It it's it gives you that really really nice soil. It just looks great, easy to work with. And okay. uh, and lots of great nourishments in it. So okay, super. Well, thank you so much for that tip because I'm getting comments from neighbors about how beautiful our planters awesome. are. So sea soil and hemp scents. Awesome. Good job. Thanks, Thanks Carol. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to go to Allison. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So, uh, as you know, I've planted some straw bales this year. Yeah. And I've got some, something is attacking the, um, at the base of the plants. Okay. And, like, and taking the bark, not bark off plants, but the, the outer layer of the plant. Huh. I would. I uh, sent a picture in. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I unfortunately got. Today has been a very busy day on tax. I got like 500 of them. Yeah, I'm so, just going to look and see what time I sent it. It was at, oh, I could see. Hold on. That's okay. Mount Nash Fertilize. 1038, I sent it. Okay, 1038. And I got one here. 1037, 1038. There we are. I got one right here. Let me have a quick look. Okay. Something is chewing my plants off. There we are. Is that you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that's it. Thanks. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that one picture, it looks like something... Like, it looks like a fungus ball or something in there, eh? Like, it's kind of... Oh, that's the one you say thanks again from last week. Yeah, this is a tough one to see. Um, I'll be honest, it's hard to see what oh, it is. Okay. It look, is that well, in your grass? Like... No, that's in the straw. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it looks like and a... And I took it at nighttime, so yeah, it's green. Yeah, no, it looks like a fungus or or some. It's just, I can't really see it. Sorry. It, it's... No, it's okay, it, but it does look like it gets chewed off. Yeah. And it... Um, Is there possibly just, a mice being in there with straw? Mm, no, I don't think so. Okay. That would be one thing, because when I see bigger chewing like that, because I really don't see um, much else in there, so I'm sorry, I can't really That's okay. help you There's on that. Like, um, I found what? three caterpillars, really big caterpillars. They were smooth, um, and, the, and they... And they'd be in there, they love chewing stuff. I am always leery of killing caterpillars. Um, I always wor- I always worry that they're going to be that gorgeous butterfly or something like. Yes, yes, that is my problem as well. <laughs> yeah, so if I can pick them off, I'll, I'd move them or something like that. Um, so 
that's one I'm always like, should I spray it or not? I and I typically don't. I grab them and move them off somewhere else, and uh, and hopefully yeah. they make it to the point where they get to be that butterfly and not just some annoying moth or something. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's a dilemma. Yes, but the the it's really hard to tell them apart as well. But these um, what's happening to my plants? Do you think it could be like a cutworm? Uh, it looks like something like that, like something's definitely getting in there. It's hard when you use elements sometimes with the straw, too, because sometimes you create a lot of breeding spots for yeah. for lots of critters, so it's a tough one. So you could use pure spray green. You could just maybe just check for any of those bigger caterpillars, maybe move them out, and then just give everything a spray with the pure spray green down in there. And, and that's safe for my vegetables. Yeah, like yeah. Pure spray green right is a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, so it's oh, yeah, okay. it's awesome. Okay, and do you guys still um, have lemon trees at the store? Yes, we do. Ooh, maybe I'll come out. This yeah, afternoon. we just we got a shipment in last week from Florida, and we have variegated. We have regular ones. We have limes, and we have one that's six feet tall. It's a little pricey, but it's it's gorgeous. Oh, that sounds exciting. Okay, well, I think I'm going to come out this afternoon. And I, I stick mine outside every summer, and mm-hmm. it loves it. Like, honestly, it looks so good right now. I probably have, like, 15 lemons on it, and just yeah. full of leaves. It looks so good. They love the bright sun, hot, hot, hot. So, Well, I have one that I started by seed, but it doesn't, uh, it's not very happy. I put it outside because I didn't want to deal with it anymore <laughs> inside. But, but it seems to be liking it. I put it in the greenhouse. Oh, good. So. It seems to be liking it, so I thought, well, maybe I'll get have, another one. Do you have a lot of stuff you need to get rid of in your yard? Um, yeah, I do. Actually, <laughs> okay, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you a $100 gift card for 1-800-GOT-JUNK, oh, so that way you can do a little bit of uh, purging or cleaning up if you need to do. Oh, so, I do. <laughs> um, so our okay. good friends this week, again, I think this is the last week we're giving away a $100 gift card. And uh, and that's two one eight hundred got junk. So oh, I'll put you on hold. You. Brian will take your name and number, and we'll get you that this week. Thanks so much, Merle. You're very Thanks. welcome. Thank you. You as well. All right, and I'm going to take a break for the last break of the show. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Sorry, Brian. No picks. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I just read something. Wouldn't it be great if the Kyrie Flames won the Stanley Cup in Edmonton's home arena as the home team? Wouldn't that be kind of crazy? <laughs> Why not? It's COVID 2020, so... Anything can happen. The Flames can win the Stanley Cup in Edmonton as the home team. Wouldn't that be crazy? Huh. Let's go to Norma. We'll talk daffodils. We'll skip the hockey right now. Good morning, Norma. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> um, I have a qu- several questions, but the first one, um, daffodils. Yes. My bad. Daffodils last year were absolutely beautiful. This year, they looked healthy. Not one flower. Huh. And they came up in lots of foliage just... Yeah, hmm. yeah. Did you do any fertilizing last year or this spring when they came up? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, if, what? 
I'm just saying it might it's just lack of phosphate typically. So right now, if you know where the bulbs are, because they've yeah. probably all died back, I would give them a shot of um like fifteen thirty fifteen. Um, just okay. to get the phosphate into them because the bulbs, this is the time of year where they're downloading and okay. they're taking all the nourishments for next year. So, okay. All right. What about Rage Plus? No. Um, Rage Plus is okay, but it doesn't, on some of those when you need the heavier trace elements for okay. certain specific things, I would I would go right to that. I'd like a 15, 30, 15. Okay. And the same, I have a, a peony bush that I've had for 30 years. And not one flower this year. Yeah, I would almost... Is the lighting changed on it at all? No, is there any trees no. that are closer that are making it shadier or anything? Uh, I haven't had as many ounces as I usually but yeah. Before they bud out, that doesn't matter, does it? No, no. And it, that's... Um, no, I'm just wondering if sometimes as our yards get older, the trees get bigger and sometimes it uh, okay. shades the plants and then they don't get as much sun, so then they tend to not bloom as much. Again, older plant like that, probably just, I would say, lacking. I would give it a really good shot of the 15, 30, 15 right now a couple okay. times. Um, that'll fill that bulb up with the phosphate for next year and that will definitely help produce some more blooms for you. And I have a peony tree yeah. that was given me five years ago. It bloomed two big, beautiful blooms the first year, and it's never bloomed since. Hmm. And it and it lived like the topiary part lived and everything. Oh yes, it's awesome. beautiful. It's it's like three and a half feet high now. Wow, and lots of good foliage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, um, the, yeah. And if it's in, is it in full sun? Sounds yeah. like you're in a great spot. Yeah. Again, the only thing I can really think of is is this that if it's if it's nice and healthy um i would just give it the 15 30 15 and, and right now is a good time for all of us to to, okay. to fill those bulbs up with the phosphate for next year so that's probably the same for yeah. Alex yeah. too. yeah yeah absolutely yeah you got it okay thank you thanks norma okay bye bye all right unfortunately uh, tom i can take you off air if you like to wait um i'm just going to take this is the end of the show and uh, it's already August 2nd, so we'll see you guys next week. And uh, we'll get our garden on one more time here on 770 CHQR.